Welcome to Puck Talk CS. I'm Chad. I was alongside my main man, Steve. This is the 2023 State of the Union. If you want to reference 2022 State of the Union, you can find that on Spotify, the website. Followers, subscribers, 721. Listens, 3,231. And real views for our social media platforms, 171,599 views. We have big plans, though, and big news. Steve-O, kick us off. All right, Chives, let's get right in. Uh, first of all, it seems like the other day we were doing 2022 State of the Union, but for this year, this is going to be a big year for Puck Talk CS. It was a fantastic year for Puck Talk CS in my mind. However, can't say the same for our Rangers. Uh, strong regular season, postseason, definitely one we want to forget about. However, with that being said, we are proud to announce that we are working to customize our content and make it more user interactive. For you guys, we're also going to be taking a small, very small minor break to renovate our appearance and change our look across all of our platforms. So we're going to we're going to pump out a boatload of new stuff for Puck Talk CS. So just to name a few, we're talking new website. First of all, the old website is going away. We're going to have a brand new website that's going to be customizable just for you guys. It's going to be made to have more interaction for you guys. It's going to be more clean and crisp and give you a better vision of what we're all about here at Puck Talk CS. Second of all, Travis, I don't want to give away all the fun. What's up? What's coming up next for Puck Talk? Big thing is in-person episodes with video. So we're going to have video episodes and a little side panel studio that we're setting up. So all of our video content will be coming from that on our platforms. All the episodes will be videoed and published on our social media platforms and on Spotify, Apple, and the new website. So we will be in person virtually all the time. You'll see our faces no more Zoom unless we have big-time special guests, which is something we're also working towards for next season. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited uh, to be doing this, Chives. And, of course, like we said, the experience. We want Puck Talk, not to say that it wasn't in the past, but there's always room for improvement along with everything. So we want Puck Talk to be a very unique experience for when you come to the website, do you come to the Instagram all around, all of our platforms. So definitely, uh, we're going to have a fresh, clean, crisp look. Uh, and again, our new website is going to be able to be able to come across to that for all you guys and really enhance the Puck Talk experience. And again, we're going to have some new stuff too on the website as well. A uh, little stuff that you guys can interact with and have a better experience. So I am so thrilled, Chaz. I cannot wait all around, big things to come for Puck Talk, especially when season six kicks off, uh, especially, and hopefully we're thinking within the, within the next month, you know, but by the time the draft and free agency rolls around and in the midst of it, we'll be all set up and ready to go. So with that being said, I cannot wait to see what the future holds, Chives. Uh, I'm excited to be taking this along to the next level alongside you. But now let's transition to the New York Rangers. And all about Rangers hockey, baby. All about Rangers course. hockey. That's what we're that's what we're all about. And similar to Puck Talk, the Rangers are kind of hoping to move along to the next level themselves. And they move on to Peter Laviolette as the next head coach. Oh boy, this is gonna be an interesting one, Chives. Why don't you jump in? Thoughts, next coach, New York Rangers. What do you got for us? Well, I think the narratives are he turns a team around quick. 
Philadelphia Flyers comes in, brings them to the cup. Had an assortment of different players there. Chris Pronger, rookie Claude Giroux. That's, I think, a good sign is that he's coached with teams and players that are younger. Um, the, the other side of the narrative, I think, is that he hasn't had success over the last few years. And I think something that is difficult to assess is if Gallant was fired due to in-game adjustments and not making them and being more hands-off, then why was Peter Laviolette coaching Capitals teams that didn't make it past the first round, got smoked by the Islanders in the bubble, and didn't make the right adjustments against Boston in 2021, and didn't make the playoffs the next season? So I think the questions are his most recent uh, stint in, in Washington. He didn't turn that team around. Is he on the older side? Is the game changing, moving ahead of him? And was do you let go of Gallant after one season making the conference final and then not making adjustments? I think it came from the players in their exit interviews. Friedman on 32 Thoughts made a valuable point that he's turned teams around quick. It, it can be a good fit, but the Rangers would open, quote, have to win now. So the Rangers are back in win-now mode. We know we know what the direction is and what the mission is. The mission should always be for a Stanley Cup. But the last few years were about the rebuild. Now it's win-now. You got the right players and assets. Jury doesn't have much room to to bring in new assets. So, Steve, what's your thoughts? I, I'm kind of painting the broad, using a broad brush and just painting the whole picture on Laviolette. I'm sure at this point everyone's heard about, you know, a lot of the opinions. So I want to know what yours is. Well, when taking a look at this, Chives, I think ultimately uh, the league-wide feeling, and we knew this, everybody knew this, my grandma could have told you this, we kind of got the sense that the Rangers were going to go with a veteran coach. And I think you just painted a great picture there. You know, both management and ownership and us as diehard fans, we knew and we expect this team to compete for a Stanley Cup next season. You know, I strongly believe the expectation is going to be much higher next season than it was this past season, considering the expectation and the caliber of this team. So... We know that the Rangers are going to be in contention uh, next year. So, obviously, they were going to go for a candidate. Um, and clearly, that person was LaViolette in Jury's eyes. You know, and I think LaViolette, you know, was, was a fairly obvious choice amongst people who are insiders in the league. But I'm going to tell you, Jury, who, of course, we'll get to him in a second. But he really is going to have to sell us fans on this one. Um, and, and it's tough because I'm not fully confident in this, Chives. I'm not fully confident. You mentioned he does have that expectation and that motive where he comes in, he turns teams around, and he has, like, short-term success. But then I'm sitting here, and I'm like, wait, the last six, seven years, this guy really hasn't had any success at all. You know, and even he was brought into a team like Washington, who a couple years ago when he was brought into Washington, Washington really wasn't that far off from where we are. I think we're a little bit more talented in Washington, hands down. But still, Washington was in a similar situation where they were still in the midst of playoff contention, and they and they failed. And they failed, and Laviolette couldn't make any adjustments, and they, and they failed hard. So it's just, he does have a track record, and I understand kind of why Jury went with him. To me, he's not really the most appealing candidate. He's not an interesting guy. You know, if you listen to his pressers, he, he'll be able to handle the media for sure. But he's not. I also question, you know, our team. Sometimes we look like we need a little bit of motivation. And you saw Shesterkin, uh against the Devils coming, yelling at the bench to fire the guys up. To me, Laviolette is not that candidate. 
you know, and you paint a good picture. Is this an upgrade over Gallant? This is like the million dollar question. And I I can sit here and make the argument for both sides. Yeah. Um, Again, you mentioned some of his positives and I just mentioned some of his negatives. It's tough because it doesn't mean that he's going to be a bad fit here. Maybe jury sees that his positives are more of what our team needs and what his negatives are, are really not like how the structure of our team is, is built on. So again, I can't answer that question. There's only one person that can, and that's jury. But again, you look at his most recent stint in Washington. I don't think he really had any positives to take out of that. I mean, last year was just straight up bad, you know, missing the playoffs yeah. all, yeah. all around. I mean, that was a year to forget in Washington. Um, so again, I don't want to say that he's going stale, but recently he's not been on his best of terms. Now, also, I'm curious to see how he'll handle the Rangers' uh, young youth. You know, Hito, Kako, Lafreniere. The, the, you brought up the uh, kids. Like, Vince Mercogliano, I think he he was saying that uh, part of it, too, was that when Gallant comes in, he he wasn't – they never really saw eye-to-eye for Shuri and Gallant. So I think with that – Drury really went out to get these assets that fit Gallant's system. I personally was more of a supporter of that brand of hockey. He then tried to make the super team. It didn't work. And and I think we talked a million times when we were blue in the face. Like, I just don't think Patrick Kane really fit in a Gallant-style team. Uh, With that said, though, I think what was important in those interviews was that the kids are being catered to, right? Like, they they have to at this point. They They have to develop, and I think – if they don't, I think Lafreniere and Kako really become trade targets for, for teams at the deadline. And I think the Rangers would really have to question like what they do with them. Um, like I don't think it's out of the question right now that they might try to, to, to make a move using those assets if something really doesn't pan out at this point. I know they're so young, and I know this it's like a cycle, right? It's like they perform well, we have faith in them, they don't. It's t- typical New York fan style, but... Yeah, Steve-O, right? The kids, they, they got to be catered to at this point. And, like, you saw how Forsberg and Drew blossomed under LaViolette in Nashville and Philly, the, you know, stops he succeeded in. And there weren't really rookies that were in Washington. So I think that's part of the, the question, right? Part of the million-dollar question is just the most recent stint doesn't totally line up. Now, something you mentioned that we've talked about is, like, how unique the Rangers roster build is. I think that's difficult to step into definitely not definitely not you know when you take a look at it and, and there's one guy that i'm really curious and i don't have an answer on it's panarin artemi panarin and he has been increasingly frustrating as a fan you could agree we all can agree as fans and again he's one of my favorite players but again, his style of play is so, so, so tough. So it's obviously, I think Panarin needs to be figured out. And Panarin, not only, he affects the rest of the team, you know, and I think his line is going to be such an interesting talking point that Laviolette's going to have to come in and structure because Panarin's a big part of the structure, you know, because he really, he really doesn't have an instant click right off the bat. His, again, his style is so different. You know, and I think definitely Gallant wasn't the greatest match for Panarin. Not last year, but the year before. We all know that 
Panarin came out and voiced his frustration against Gallant and the structure, but I feel like Gallant kind of had a hands-off style. So I think LaViolette is now charged with building this relationship, and I think he's got to get through to players like Panarin. He's got to bring out motivation, and he's for, most importantly, he's got to build Panarin and a lot of these other guys back up and he's got to get Panarin's confidence back and build him back up in a positive way and that's a tall task you know again you take a look at the structure I'm not I don't know I'm not sure who should Panarin should be paired with because again he's just anything will click in the in the regular season but it comes down to the postseason it comes down to the postseason and again Panarin is just he's not a player that can adapt to fit a situation of the current needs of the team. So unfortunately, a lot, you talk about structure, a lot of the Rangers structure is going to have to kind of be a piece of Panarin's uh, pace of play. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that, but it's Mm -hmm. it's frustrating. And I I agree because I don't know what the identity of this team is anymore. And I think a lot of it, you know, Jury went out and made moves that we all thought at the time. Again, they sounded great. But when you take a look at it, Frank Petrano and Andrew Kopp, who weren't necessarily big acquisitions before the playoffs, they did a much better job than Tarasenko and Patrick Kane combined when you take a look at it. So, yeah. Yeah. Here's, you know what, Steve-O, my take? Yeah, my take is that, uh, like, Andrew Kopp and Vetrano were Gallant-style players. I guess that's kind of what I, my angle is. It's just that I don't think Patrick Kane was Gallant-style a player. So when the players are saying, you know, Gallant's hands off, it's because what he's coaching and what he's preaching and the system he set up is to fit a style of player and an identity. And I think that's what frustrates me about the Gallant firing is just that yeah, Vetrano was traded. I think Drury sent off a fourth rounder for Frankie V. And he ends up being one of our, he might be the only shoot first ranger I've ever witnessed play for, for in the in the blue shirt. So I think it's, the, the, those are the players that Drury has to bring in for like a lot of you let, um, which I don't want to go down that road just yet. Like a Victor Arvidsson, like a player that's played for him and is a free agent type, uh, type beat, but I think it's it's like the identity is a little bit strange. Like, who do you pair with Panarin? These are all questions that need to be answered. And the thing is, they're not going to be answered on opening night. You know, I think fans are going to be quick to react. They're not going to be answered in mini camp. They're not going to be answered in training camp. They're not going to be answered on opening night. They're not going to be answered this summer. The answers this summer come down to how Chris Drury goes about the cap situation, right? Does he sign Miller? Does he trade Goodrow? Does you look at big free agents, Konechny, Ross Colton, those are players that I feel like can fit Laviolette's style too. Um, but like you're saying, I really echo that sentiment that you just mentioned. Um, you know, he went for the super team. It kind of failed. And I think Drury sees that these contracts are long-term. So it's like he went for it and it didn't work this year. And these guys are still going to be here. Now, the thing is, it's burden because these contracts, you can't really move, right? Like Panarin sucks again this year. I mean, regular season, he won't. But if he sucks in the postseason again, like that's the only word I could really use for it. Struggles. You got him for three more years. Like you shed that contract, you retain half of it and send him away. So um, I think he's a regular season guy, but the ice is 
the ice is like a circus when it's a regular season, Steve. And I know you always love that. Like, that's your thing. It shrinks in the playoffs. And you're going to need players. Chris Drury needs players that will fit Laviolette's system. And Laviolette, he can make all the fixes he wants. But I think this is on the players, too. That They got to respond. You know, these players wanted him out. And we saw Bruce Cassidy, the players wanted him out of Boston. And he just won the cup a year later. So, with all, everything said... You know, it, it falls on all levels here now. Like, you don't have the coach. The players didn't want the coach. Drury made the move to get rid of the coach. The right acquisitions last season. He didn't this season. It led to their demise in 2023. 2024 Cup, man, you're in win now. And, and what happens if, if Laviolette can turn it around? You know, I have a little bit of faith in the fact that he could come in and maybe be that spark. But the last few coaches were like that. It was AV, Tortorella, then AV were like big time. They show up, they're going to bring you to the cup like ASAP type. You know, they're going to bring your team far. Then you went Dave Quinn, took a risk on a college coach, didn't really work. I think COVID kind of dogged him because in 2019, they were supposed to make the playoffs and they were red hot, like steaming hot. They like won every game in February that year, 20, uh, 2020. And then, yeah, he's fired. You bring in Gallant. He brings you to a huge conference final run that no one expected. You have one fluke year. He's fired. Like, the Rangers and Dolan recently have have brought in coaches that are, are lightning in a bottle. Like, one year they bring you far, and then, like, they kind of fall off, and that's it. Uh, so, Steve, what's your take on that? Like, the tenure, the, the last few years of coaches. And do you have faith in Laviolette that he could bring us to the promised land? Well, how about this? I, I know I opened up when I opened up. I was a little negative. So let's let's turn to the positive. And I think this does answer a little bit of the, the style and identity of this team. Let's take a look at what Laviolette is good at or supposedly good at. He's good at attacking the net. And he's, he's an offensive coach. And five on five is more of his area, which when you take a look at it, is a big need for this Rangers team. You know, uh, but however, you know, again, the stats could be deceiving. It depends how you want to look at it. When you take a look at it, the Washington Capitals, you know, f- finished worse, you know, in offensive in their last like five years. So, again, it's tough to look at it. Maybe, you know, with what he had in Washington, he's going to have more with in, in New York. But I think when you take a look at Laviolette's style, he believes in an off. Offensive system that incorporates creativity. He promotes an offensive style that gives freedom to his skaters to operate. Um, and he really has like an opportunistic kind of philosophy that fuels chances, clogging the neutral zone, pouncing on takeaways, um, and stringing passes together to push the rush. Now, those are all things that I think would work with our players. So I think offensively, that's what led Chris Jury towards somebody like Olaviolette. And I think, yeah, I just pounded them out. And if we could change that, again, those were our top needs uh, when you take a look at it, minus face-offs. But when you take a look at it, yeah, all those things would benefit us. So I think that is the identity that Chris Jury is going for, uh, an identity that is fast pace, freedom to the skaters, creativity, and stringing passes together while you're clogging up the neutral zone. That's what Drury wants. 
for this identity of this team. However, I don't believe it until I see it. So, and I know that, especially in New York, all the other fans are just like that uh, in the same sense. So, yeah, we need to do that. We need oh, to yeah. look at Gallant. <laughs> Gallant emphasized a simple game that was all about chipping pucks deep and fighting for goals. And I don't think our roster was well-suited for that kind of identity. So I think that Laviolette's fast, possession-oriented style might be a better fit for our structure. I think that'll definitely help Panarin yeah. for sure. So it's tough to oh, see. Yeah. They got to be they gotta be better five-on-five. Five. I love that point. I'm going to echo that too because even when the Rangers went on their sensational conference final run in 2022 – the power play kind of carried. Like, think about some of the big goals. They were power play goals. Or it was coming off of a power play, right? Like, that seemed to swing the momentum and the pendulum would swing on them if they didn't score on the power play. Uh, if they couldn't generate offense five on five, they, they were usually on the losing end. So I think that's important. Uh, something else you mentioned, chip and chase, right? That style. Like, I think at the end of the day, the best teams are the teams that can do it all. Like, the LA Kings in 2012, a lot of them were grinders and like veterans. And, and I know they were like a wild card run, but like John Quick, very similar to an Igor, like that level, like supremely talented. We're not talking an Aiden Hill that was hot or a Bob that's had his streaky seasons and like best goalie in the world to like back up, you know, type numbers, like bouncing and fluctuating rapidly, uh, extremely. You look at, like, they had Anze Kopitar, like, really skilled forward. You look at the Panthers, like, they had, like, Matt Kachuk drive and play. But the Panthers were more of that Gallant style, I, th I think, this season. They had, like, the Barkov. But I think the Rangers have those talented players like Vegas. If Eichel wasn't on, they had Marchesaw, Carlson scoring, Riley Smith scoring. You had Mark Stone. Like, you had players that did a lot of different things. Like, Mark Stone could penalty kill and was a grinder. And, and he could also score tip-ins at you know, drive play. Um, he was a great setup man. Marchessault, great score. Jack Eichel, like, takes over with talent that Panarin's type of player. If the Rangers are matched up against a team like a Florida, I think that I, I would bet on, I mean, not this season, but I would bet on the Rangers' chances asset-wise, like, on paper, because Panarin has that ability, like, he has more skill than any of the Panthers have. I would say, arguably, besides Barkov. But that's the thing is that the Rangers can compete with. They have these players. They have a Chris Crowder who can like scrum a goal, get a tip in. They also have players like Panarin that can drive play and make plays. Like you see Eichel's assist on. I, I might have been the second goal game five. I mean, he cut across the ice, pulled the puck in between his legs, takes a shot back him. Like that's the plays that Panarin can make that 20, 20 of the other players on most rosters can't. So that's why I do have a little bit of faith in Laviolette because if he's able to get the most out of these players, they do have potential. Yamika Zibanejad hammering pucks with his one time, right? Like there's a lot of players that score in a lot of different ways on the Rangers. It's getting them to mesh. And I think that's the key. I think that's the key for Laviolette. That's the key for any coach's chemistry. But, um, you know, if they're, if they're going to really have success this season, it's finding what works. Exactly, and I know you're going to be on the same page as me, Chives. But to the players, this is it. This is your season. Jory heard you. 
You wanted Gallant out, and there was a lot of players that did, didn't agree with Gallant. You wanted him out. You wanted a new coach. He is your new coach. Now this is it. This is your opportunity. If you don't produce this season, I agree with you. We got to take a look at some of these contracts and, and, and relook the future of this organization because this year will decide where this organization is going in the future for sure. For sure. And I'm not talking, I'm not necessarily talking a rebuild, but there's a lot of questions. And we went through a few of them right here that yeah. are going to have to be addressed for sure. Um, Another thing about Laviolette that I'll say is that I think that jury, and this could be a positive, jury, when you take a look at Gallant and the Devils, you know, they felt like Gallant didn't really adjust well enough to shift momentum in the series against the Devils. They're hoping that the 20-plus years, I'm not sure how many years that LaViolette has, they're hoping that he will be better at making in-game adjustments uh, when it comes to the highest level. And they're hoping that these adjustments can help the Rangers get over the hump. So, again, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, again, I'm neutral. I, I'm neutral. I'm not crazy about it. I'm not saying this is our guy for sure. Uh, but I'm not saying this is a bad hire. I'm just saying I'm unsure. I'm really unsure. And this is, again, a yeah. new new territory well, for Jury, too. Well, two things to add. He's got a three-year contract. So, right, like he's he, – the, the win – if there's anything that screamed win now for the Rangers, I don't think it was just the hire and, like, what that means. It's his contract. Like, three years from now, Panarin's almost on his way out of New York. He might, he, I think that season he might be. So you think like, this is really it for this group. You know, Mika's still going to be here. Crowder's going to be questionable. I bet I, I I'm the biggest Chris Crowder guy in the world, but contracts up soon too. So I think it's something that you're looking to say they got their cornerstones that are on the long-term side, like Mika and Fox. Hopefully they can keep Igor and the young guys. But after that, a lot of your, a lot of your top six is probably moving and, and some of your defensemen. So I think for the Rangers' sake, three years is win now window, um, which is kind of crazy to think that that it will be. But three years from now, you know, this generation, this group of players has been together for now under Dave Quinn, Gallant, then Laviolette for three years. Like, they've had their run. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is, thinking about it, uh, besides the Carolina team, I think this is arguably his most talented team. Like back to my point on talent assets and, and, and the team chemistry, like, yes, the predators were on fire that postseason. like Arvidsson, the Jofa line, Arvidsson, Johansson and, and uh, Forsberg. But I don't think they had close to the offensive talent that the New York Rangers can have. Like, they lost to Pittsburgh, and they got shelled in a few games because Pittsburgh has Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. The Rangers have players of that caliber. They got to come through, and he's got to get the most out of them. So I just want to mention that, too. You know, I think this is a team that if you can get the most out of the players, the sky is the limit. And I think Chris Drew sees that, and, and I think that gives me a little more faith. But I do see the downside where you think, like, most in, in his most recent years, he did have – Players like Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Tom Wilson, um, and and they didn't really get much done so uh, at all. And, and I also worry that about in-game adjustments because 
you think they won game one against Boston in the 2021 series, and then they lost four of the next five games. If he made great in-game adjustments, you just hope that it's something that can kind of, you know, pick up in his t- in his time in New York and, and with this team because before you know it, you know, regular season goes right into the postseason. You got to make it there first. I think it would actually benefit the Rangers if, you know, they, they didn't come into the season or they had some of their lumps early because I'd rather have them figure shit out than be in the position they were in this year where it was like, oh, they destroyed the Lightning in game one? Sick. And then the whole second half of the year was like, we're playing with four defensemen so that we can acquire Patrick Kane. And then, like, it, the season just ended. Like, the expectation was a cup, and I felt like it was just a waiting game all year for everything, for the team to click, to acquire Tarasenko and Kane, for them to, like, do something, and then the postseason came on. So I think, that, that, you know, next season I, I, I'd rather see some, uh, some lumps early and, and see this team really come together. I agree for sure with all your points. Um, you take a look at Cassidy going over to to Vegas after coming around from Boston. Look how much of a match that was. So again, it's really tough to kind of sit here and judge these things. You know, we could be looking, praise the Lord that we're sitting here in a year from now and thinking the same thing and bowling Laviolette could do the same thing Cassidy did in, in Vegas. That'd be awesome. Um, so again, it's really, it's really tough. It's really tough to, to say, um, I'll ask you this chives as a final question to wrap. Um, and you can, you can give an answer. You can say, yes, you agree. No, you don't agree. Or you could say, I'm unsure. Do you think that Laviolette in terms of the structure of this team, do you think Laviolette is an upgrade from Galan? Do you think if Laviolette is coaching this team, let's say in round one against the devils, do you think there's a different? Uh, outcome yeah I'm you know I'm working on myself trying to be a glass half full type of guy um I think the the result will speak to it you know it's it's the sports world it's professional the the number one league in the world and you're in one of the number one markets in the world so results going to be everything and I think the move will feel lateral if he's not able to get the best out of players. Like to me, if they lose this year in a freaking absolute hell storm of a series against, you know, I don't know, whoever their opponent is, maybe they're playing Tampa or some, something like that. If it's game seven, they're giving it their freaking all. That's not lateral to me. That's an improvement. You know, he's getting the most out of it and maybe it'll fire him up for, 2024, 2025, go to the cup. That'd be sick, right, this year. But at the end of the day, the lateral move would feel like if they get into the postseason and Panarin is playing like crap and Zibanejad isn't scoring and they lose on one unfortunate goal, okay, that's my answer. I'm going to say glass half full. I think he can, but I think the result is in how the team plays, not necessarily the result of the season. How about you? I agree with you. I agree with you, and I, even though I said in the beginning I'm not confident, it means I'm not feeling great about it right now, but I'm going to lean more towards positive than negative because I don't like to be a negative guy, and I don't think we need to be negative when it comes to this. 
I know, again, he hasn't been successful lately, but listen, he didn't have an Igor Shostarkin in net in Washington. He didn't have as skilled players. I think that the Rangers have more skilled, skilled players than Washington does. Washington has a lot of guys that, as they get older, they're their performance levels are also a question mark over there as where to me, our players are more in their primes. So again, I like the structure of our team more than Washington. So who's to say that, listen, he can't come in and turn things around. It's going to be exciting for that. I'll tell you the least. And listen, no more talk of 2022, 2023. We're turning the tables right here with all the puck talk changes coming with free agency coming, all the stuff, the offseason is officially here, and the 2023-2024 season is officially going to be starting. And with that, Season 6 of Puck Talk CS is coming over the horizon with a whole bunch of changes. So, Chives, as we wrap up this season, I'm going to say that for Puck Talk, as always, it's an honor to sit here and talk Puck with you. We have fun every single time we're sitting in front of the mic, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Not the outcome we wanted, but again, like I said, we're putting that shit behind us. We're I, uh, Full steam ahead. I'm confident in this team for now. We will see what happens. 2023 was a fun year to uh, for Puck Talk, and uh, as we wrap the State of the Union, it's really great to see uh, the growth and, and how far we've come from last year, you know, We've had some great interactions, guests, and um, everything's going up. So can't wait for the new site. Can't wait for the studio. And Yes, for sure. We also like intera- our last point here. We love interacting with you guys, you know, and it seems like from the from you guys interacting with us on Instagram, uh, from commenting on our posts, DMing us, you guys mainly agree with us that you're not 100% sold on La Violette. So we'll answer that question in season six of Puck Talk CS. Until then, always remember, it's just the luck of the puck. Puck.